Are you tired, mama? Tired of feeling like you have to resign yourself to either being a hot mess mom who's drowning in the chaos of motherhood or a Pinterest perfect mom who looks like she has it all together, but on the inside, she's really miserable. The world keeps telling us that these are the only options, but that is such a lie. You can get out of victim mode and you can make changes to bring more joy to your life. And at the same time, you can find freedom in remembering that you can't control everything and you can stop striving for perfection. I'm Mackenzie Tricola, and I'd love for you to join me every week here on the Practically Joyful Mom podcast to talk about realistic ways to bring more joy to your mom life and how to choose to be joyful even when it feels like the chaos is winning. We'll talk about intentional parenting, simplicity, faith in following Jesus, connecting with your kids, taking care of yourself, and so much more. Are you ready to leave hot mess mom and Pinterest perfect mom in the dust? Are you ready to choose to be a practically joyful mom? Then welcome in, friend. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, friends. I'm Mackenzie. Welcome back to Practically Joyful Mom. Thanks for joining me today. I really do feel honored that you are taking the time to listen to this, to push play, to spend this time together. I wish we could just be like sitting at a coffee shop together having this time, but for now we'll take this and maybe someday we can all meet up at a coffee shop again. Um, I hope you've had a great week uh, or are having a great week, depending on when you listen to this. And I'll kind of just dive right in because I feel like I have, I, I hope this episode isn't going to be too long. I think it'll be fine. But Anyway, if you've been listening the last few weeks, uh, you know, we've been talking about kind of this idea of relationships over rules that, not that we shouldn't have rules, but that our relationships are what matter deeply and our whatever rules or boundaries or guidelines we have for ourselves should be supporting those relationships. And I've talked in the last few episodes about sort of this idea of like a, almost a relationships pyramid. So at that base level is my relationship with God. If that's solid, then I can have some solid relationships in other areas. If that's not, everything else is on a shaky foundation. Then there's my relationship with myself, which we talked about last week. Next would be my relationship with my husband, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Then relationships with kids, with friends, maybe work relationships, relationships with the stuff, the things in our life. So like I said, today we're kind of focusing on relationship with your husband and I a couple of quick caveats so one if you are a single mom I would say please still listen because it's not just specifically about marriage like I think there are a lot of things that maybe could apply to someone who provides child care for you or just other close relationships in your life so it's not exclusive of husband wife relationships so still tune in I still think there's stuff in here for you even if you are a single mom and other disclaimer i'm not a counselor i'm not a therapist so these are just things that i have learned in my life or am learning think i'm working through um so this is not meant to be like professional advice these are just things that i've learned and and this is really stuff that would apply to quote unquote normal marriage, whatever that means. If you are in a situation where there are serious issues, um, please seek help, see a counselor, see a therapist. There's no shame in that. So I just wanted to get that out there at the beginning. I'm not a counselor, not a therapist. These are just some things that I have learned. So if you think back, um, 
whatever it looked like in your life, becoming parents drastically changes your relationship with your husband or if you're not married, you know, the father of your children, right? Because you went from just being two adults to all of a sudden being responsible for keeping alive another human who is completely and utterly dependent on the two of you. There's sleep deprivation, there's this whole new set of responsibilities, new stresses, new um, expectations that neither of you probably realized you had before that, new roles to navigate. Now, he's not just your husband, but he's also your kid's dad, right? The father of your child, and that adds this whole new dimension of complexity. And that can be a big shift, right? So today I'm kind of going to talk through six different small areas that I think we can focus on having a perspective shift and a small practical application for ways that we can invest in our relationship with our husbands um, because it matters, right? So as practically joyful mom... It's really hard to be a practically joyful mom if you're not a practically joyful wife, right? If things aren't right in this relationship, things won't be right in other relationships. So, jumping into the first thing. I think even thinking back to those newborn days, or if you're in the middle of them, and even as your kids get older, it can be so easy to just see our husband as like another pair of hands, like just a helper to do work that needs done, right? oh this needs done can you do that this needs done this needs done I need help with this this needs done those things do need done that's true and I'll address that more in a second but it's easy to just see him as like this other pair of hands to do work that you need them to do and forget that he's a person (laughs) he's a person with needs with hopes with dreams with a whole personality he's a person you fell in love with so don't forget and this is kind of the more practical application, don't forget to look for his needs too. Um, I was thinking about, when I was kind of preparing this, thinking about Philippians 2, 3, and it says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And others doesn't just mean people out in the world, it means your husband too. And yes, his others includes you, um, so you should both be looking to each other's interests. You can only control you, so think about this from your perspective. If I was talking to husbands, I'd be saying the same thing. It's not just wives need to take care of our husbands. Husbands should be taking care of us as well. So that's kind of this perspective shift of we need to kind of remember our husbands are people. (laughs) They're not just the other parent who can help with things that need done. And we should be looking to their interests. They should also be looking to ours, but I think as wives we fall into this sometimes, um, wanting to spend a lot of our time complaining about how he should be looking to our interests. Hey, you didn't even ask me about this, or why aren't you helping me with this? It's really easy to fall into complaining. But honestly, that probably won't change much because complaining almost never makes any positive change. But if he sees, hey, she's really looking out for my interests, she's asking me about things that matter to me, 
she's showing me love even when she's tired she's going out of her way to do things that she knows i will appreciate that is a thing that really will motivate some positive change motivate him to also look to your interests when he feels loved and appreciated he will want to show you love and appreciation that's just how people work right when we feel cared for we want to return that so that's kind of the first point is that perspective shift of seeing our husbands as people with needs and caring for them not just viewing them as like an assistant you know a person who just can help us get things done the second thing and this is sort of related but I'm not at all saying dads shouldn't be involved in doing all those things that need done we don't want to just view them as only a helper right but but they should be involved they're the other parent they should be involved in helping and doing things and I think this is another area where a lot of times we say oh I just want him to help more with the kids I want him to help more with this or help more with that but then we completely sabotage it when they try to do something you know they change the baby's diaper and they put it on backwards or whatever they put on a different kind of lotion after bath time than you usually do and we say oh you did it wrong we totally sabotage it in general in our culture we as moms do spend more time with our kids whether you work outside of the home or not we tend to kind of have a better handle on the things that we do to take care of the kids not because dads can't be interested in it but because we just have a little bit more time and experience with them and so they might feel insecure or uncertain about what to do how to take care of some of these things and when they try and we totally shut them down by saying you did it wrong that's not how i would do it that's not how it's supposed to be we send this other message actually we send the opposite message that says um actually you can't do this you're not capable just let me take care of it and then we get mad when they don't jump in and try to do those things so that's kind of the perspective shift that I think can really help us this I remember back to a group of moms I was in who we all had newborns and I remember one of the other moms talking about how she called it daddy style that if her husband did something you know got the baby dressed and it was totally in clothes that didn't match she just said well that's daddy style it's fine if her husband was feeding their son breakfast and it was messier than she would have fed him breakfast she said that's daddy style and I think we sometimes need to just be Elsa in Frozen and let it go. Say, okay, that's not how I would have done it, but it's done. Obviously, if there's, you know, if daddy's doing something dangerous because he doesn't realize it's dangerous, if there's a serious issue, bring it up in a loving way. But if it's just different than how you do it, let it go. Say, thank you for helping. Because we send the opposite message when we complain and we criticize the way that they do it when they are trying to help. So, yeah, that's the perspective shift. View it as, hey, he's trying to help. And if I totally shut him down by criticizing, he might not try to help anymore, right? But if I say thank you, I appreciate your, you are helping take care of our child just like I am, then I think that really 
builds them up and it shows them, hey, we appreciate, I appreciate the way you are also doing this. And I think that is the sort of thing that really does make them want to be more involved and make them feel capable instead of making them feel like insecure, incapable of actually doing anything to take care of the kids. Number four, oh, sorry, I skipped ahead. Number three. So we did the first two. Number three, here's kind of a perspective shift and maybe you're already familiar with this idea um, but every relationship we're in has kind of like a, it's like a bank account, like a love account. This idea is in lots of books. If you've ever read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People or The Five Love Languages, Five Love Languages, and I'm sure it's in a lot of other things as well, but this idea of all your relationships sort of have a bank account, like a love account, and throughout the day, throughout the week, we're making little deposits or little withdrawals. Those positive interactions we have are deposits and the negatives are withdrawals. And if you think about, like, you might have a great relationship with your neighbor because when you drive in the driveway, you wave at each other. That's positive interaction. Cha-ching! There's some money in your relationship account with them and you pretty much don't make withdrawals very often, right? The occasional their dog pooped in your yard or whatever but it's usually small things and you can keep a positive relationship with them because there's some distance but when we think about the people who live in our own home there's usually going to be a lot of withdrawals right those times when you wake up and you're grumpy and you say something you don't really mean or you just say it in a grumpy voice or he does or even bigger things as well. So when we keep that in mind, there are going to be withdrawals. There are going to be negative interactions we have. So it's really important that we make lots of deposits so that we're not constantly overdrafted in our love account with this person. And I think one of the big things would be to have conversation, find out how he receives love. If you haven't ever read the five love languages or just even heard that general idea. I won't go into it super deep here, but Google it. Talk with your husband. Find out, hey, how do you feel most loved? What makes you feel most loved that I do? And then practically speaking, a practical application, look for a way to show him love every day. It could be something small, uh, you know, words of affirmation. Hey, thanks for whatever you did today. Thanks for being you. Thanks for being so awesome. Or maybe just if his love language is quality time, make sure you sit down and spend time together or do something that he likes doing together. Whatever it is, practical application. Look for a way to show love every day so that you're constantly making deposits into that relationship account and you don't end up super overdrafted from the inevitable negative interactions that will happen when you're living in a home with someone. Number four, and this is sort of related, of the practical I'll start with is to make time for him. If someone is important in your life, you've got to set aside some time to be together, like specific earmarked on your calendar time, not just like, oh, we'll get some time when we can. 
uh, one of the things that we have started doing in our house is that Saturday nights after the kids are in bed is date night. We're really into playing games, we like to play escape room games or other board games, card games, whatever. You don't have to play games, but do something that you can both enjoy. This is another way to invest in that love account, but even if your husband's love language isn't quality time, even if yours isn't, I think the perspective we need to have here is that it's really hard to have a deep relationship with someone if you don't spend time together. It's really easy in the rush of like normal life, especially with kids, to not end up spending focused, quality, fun time together. But it's really important. So I think that is a super practical thing to say, okay, can we have once a week a certain time that's earmarked that this is our time together? Because it's really easy if you're not intentional about it for that to not happen. Moving on to number five, (laughs) the perspective here is we don't always have to express our every thought right away. Um, our every criticism or our every like, oh, I don't think this is a good thing or we should be doing this differently. When there's an issue that you do want to address, there's something that's bugging you, something you want them to do differently, something, whatever, something you didn't like. I think a really important practical step is to pray first before you just say, hey, why did you do that earlier today? I didn't like that and kind of start an argument really about it. Sit down and pray first. Um, I think on this about Matthew 7, 3 that says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? It's really easy to see the things that someone else is doing wrong And sometimes we're doing similar things, but we just can't even see it. So I think the first step here is when you have a negative thought, when you have something you think he should do differently, sit down and pray first. Ask God, is this something I need to bring up? Or is this something I just need to consistently pray about? And this is an idea I've heard lots of places, but don't try to be your husband's Holy Spirit. You cannot make him feel convicted in a healthy way, deep in his heart, that will cause change like the Holy Spirit can. You are not the Holy Spirit, and I think we so often try really hard to be. Um, There might be issues that you just need to consistently pray about, because I think there are some things that, like if we put ourselves in someone else's shoes and imagine how would you feel if someone close to you said, hey, you need to change this. We really might push back and reject that. But when you feel like God's telling you deep in your heart, hey, this is an area you need to address, that's a whole different story. And I've heard lots of people tell stories and have similar things in my own life, but about saying, hey, there was this issue maybe not even a huge thing, but just, oh, I think this is an area that maybe he could grow in. And when there's time spent praying consistently about that, like I heard an example of a a woman who was telling me that, uh, you know, she felt like her husband really needed to be spending more time reading the Bible, praying. And so she, instead of going to him and saying, hey, you need to do this, 
she just prayed about it consistently for a while and after a few months one day he out of the blue in a conversation said I really think I need to get back into reading the word every day and it was totally from God it was not from her nagging him and actual real change happened and that's a whole lot different than when we just criticize usually it just leads to damage to a relationship so don't try to be your husband's holy spirit when there is an issue pray first ask god if it's something you should address or if it's something you should just drop and then to go along with that idea is that if you've prayed about it and you think okay this is an issue we need to address it's something i need to bring up i what i like to always pray before any conversation that might be difficult is to pray and to ask god to give me i say please give me only all your words like everything you want me to say and only that not just like the little extra petty jabs that i want to put in there nothing extra but everything that needs to be said and i think it can seem simple but it is so important to address any difficult conversation by first saying something positive what you do appreciate about that person hey i really appreciate that you've been packing our son's lunch thank you so much it saves us all a ton of time that's one thing that's off of my plate thanks so much could you maybe not pack him like candy every day or you know to say it in a way that doesn't just feel like a global criticism like you're the most awful dad ever because you packed our kid candy for lunch say here's what i appreciate here's what i'm so thankful for there's this one little issue that i think needs to be addressed because i think especially for men it's so easy to feel like when someone says hey would you do this differently it can feel like a global criticism of them as a person and in general if we feel super criticized we're not going to respond well so i think that's really important to start out on a positive note And then the last thing I want to talk about is this perspective that men really crave respect. And I'm not talking about some archaic patriarchal, like, respect kind of thing. But if we look at Ephesians 5.33, it says, However, each of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. This I feel like this is a difficult conversation because I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying we should be subservient or anything like that. If you haven't ever read the book, um, it's called Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egricks, but he talks a ton about like women really crave love and men really crave respect and how we can get into a positive cycle where women show respect to their husbands and in response they show love and it's this great cycle or we can get into this really negative thing. The woman is critical and complaining of her husband, so then he doesn't show her love, and then she doesn't show him respect, and it's this negative, I think he calls it the crazy cycle. So I definitely would suggest reading that book, or at least, you know, finding some Cliff Notes version or something of it. I think the perspective here is that there's a reason that men tend to love, like, hero stories, superheroes, and these epic movies, because... They were designed with this deep down desire in their hearts to do great and wonderful things. They want to be heroes, not just like 
have someone flatter them, but they want to really be the person who does these great and wonderful things. But if your wife is constantly telling you you're not good enough, you're not doing it well enough, it's really hard to keep trying, right? Because it's that deep desire they have to want to do amazing, great things. And I, this verse always makes me laugh. Uh, Proverbs 21, 9, it says, better to live on a corner of the roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. And there's actually like five other Proverbs that say almost exactly the same thing. And I think it's really true. It feels like so frustrating to be around someone who's constantly criticizing you. Um, like if you imagine at work, what if your boss was just always telling you, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, you didn't do that right, you did this wrong, you didn't do this right. You would feel so frustrated, right? That they never point out what you did right. They are always pointing out these things you did wrong. And I think in life, it is so easy to focus on the things that someone else is not doing right. To say, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. If you think back to... Um, I think it was episode three where we talked about this idea that you find what you're looking for and what you focus on grows. So it's easy for us to naturally fall into looking at the negatives. And if we're looking for all the ways they mess up, all the things they do wrong, we'll find them. And then we'll notice more and more and more of those things till we've created the super negative image in our heads. And we'll treat them poorly as a consequence of that image. If we're looking for the things that they do well, looking for the ways they show us love, the ways they show our kids love, the things they excel at, the things they did great at, we'll find those things too, and then we'll find more of them and more of them and more of them until we have this much more flattering image in our heads and our attitude will change as well. If you want to change how you talk to your husband, how you treat your husband, you have to change how you think about him. And again, I just want to disclaimer, this is talking about day-to-day -day life, little annoyances. If there are major serious issues going on in your relationship, please do seek help. So a practical application to this perspective shift is, this is something I did a while ago, is to just start every day, write down one thing that you appreciate about your husband, one thing you love about him, like, wow, I really appreciate that he goes and does a stressful job every day or I really appreciate that you know he stays home and takes care of the kids all day while I go to work whatever your life situation is or I'm so thankful for the way he plays with our kids any of those sorts of things just whatever comes to your mind that you appreciate or love about him it's kind of similar to like I talked about in episode three the writing down something you're grateful for every day or your happiest moment of the day this doesn't have to take long. It doesn't have to be complicated. It can be on paper. It can be in your phone. But doing something like this helps retrain our brain. It actually carves new physical highways of thought in our brains so that we're more likely to naturally slip into positive thinking about our husbands instead of negative things. Um, I know that was a lot of topics kind of went over time that I usually shoot for. So I'll kind of pause there and leave it with that. Hopefully these perspective shifts and practical ideas are things that you can apply in your own life and breathe some fresh life 
into your relationship with your husband. You know, this year has been stressful. It has put a lot of strain on a lot of relationships. And I think it's beneficial for all of us to pause and spend some time thinking, okay, what ways do I maybe need to shift my perspective and what practical changes do I maybe need to make to be intentionally investing in this incredibly important relationship? Thanks for listening today, friends. I hope this episode encouraged and inspired you. If it did, I'd love it if you would leave a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at practicallyjoyfulmom, or you can send me an email at practicallyjoyfulmom at gmail.com. So glad we got to share this time together today. Thanks for choosing joy with me, friends. 